I'm in a unique predicament today. It, it's it's unique though. I want to explain it to you. I'm here set up at a farmer's market where they're selling fresh seafood in Delcom, Louisiana, and there's so many great products and there's so many people that are coming out here to support and I mean literally flooding the parking lot. Not really any parking spots. The market's been open for 20 minutes and I come out here and I would love to talk to every single person that has a booth here. But if I ask them to come and sit with me at my booth, they're going to lose out on business. And that's that's a problem. I don't want to take business away from their one day a month where they come and sling all their product, really. So who knows? Today, me and you might get to know each other to a little bit better from from Hold the Gravy listeners and, and from from my... Delcom, Louisiana post right here. My, my, my zone. I feel, I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm at home in situations like this or when people are just sort of roaming, just, just gathering community, community, just showing up and supporting. It makes me feel at peace a little bit. You know, I, I, if I was in a, if I was like doing this in a just a quiet studio and I've tried like you know I, I'm I'm practicing I'm practicing talking on my own and and uh it's it's not as easy as I once thought talking to myself was but if I was in a quiet studio I don't think I would get the words out as smooth and I've tried it I I haven't I out here I'm able to at least speak and and look around and look at everybody looking at me and I like it I think it's it's what we've sort of craved and and missed out of the last little bit of our world um pausing for a second and and humans are meant to interact with each other and this sense of of community is so strong at events like this like farmers markets, it, it's it's obvious. You know, it's almost like okay, well, you can complain all day about what the world doesn't do for you or what it's what's wrong with it or what what you're you know. But you come out here and you forget all of that. Like, there's people of all ages, all different walks of life that are exchanging and trading and telling stories and that to me is is sort of what is special about being around vendors and being around people that support vendors and support local and it just sort of I don't know where things went off the track you know where like this just was a rarity but now it's like man I mean how could you how could you be upset at something like this? How could you How could you not support people that are just showing up every month with their hard-earned money invested into a product that will nourish not only your body, will nourish your soul, you know? It's it's just a beautiful thing. I I, I can't um, express my contentment enough with this very moment and um i promise it won't just be me talking to you the entire time i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and make sure i can get a few guests to sit here with me our nutritionist at the delcom and seafood market is here on site she's dressed as an elf she's running the kids booth the kids are loving it i'm i mean they're making arts and crafts i'm sure they're learning about something great and and what she brings to the table as far as the nutritional part of of every meal or every every food item here I, I can't wait to hear what she says and some of her favorite vendors hopefully can join us a little bit later but like i said i'm in a predicament if i should get a coffee or a bloody mary and uh it, it's as i'm asking around it doesn't seem as easy to find coffee so 
I think I'm going to move on to the Bloody Mary booth. And our friend Dave Hewland said he was, he was here with some of his Cajun 180 spices for me to try on the Bloody Mary. And, uh, man, I hope you're listening to our past episodes. I hope, uh, I hope Hold the Gravy is, is finding a niche in your life that you can at least see that is an enjoyable listen or uh, informational listen. Maybe you're gaining a little knowledge about Louisiana culture. Who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm gaining knowledge as I'm doing this. I, I feel like I am. Maybe I am literally learning along with all of my listeners, and I hope so. I, I don't ever want to stop learning. And this, this state and this culture and this community of people, they do teach me something every, every day. Every job I take, doing something different, meeting a different group of people, I'm constantly in search of just cultural enlightenment, I suppose, and, and whatever I can do to pass that along to, a, to my own generation or a generation younger than I. And um, I just, I just want to encourage younger folks to come out here and really just, just give these people a chance, you know, and I'm guilty. I'm talking to myself, literally. Like, spend your money on local products. I think that is what is going to recirculate the energy of this of this planet. Is let's let's not worry too much about what massive things that we can't sort of control is doing, and let's let's sort of just support what we know how to and. This year at the farmer's market and seafood market is literally the prime example of what I'm trying to consciously do in my own life is spend my hard-earned money on, on people that deserve it. And I can see where it's going and I can see where they're benefiting from, from just me buying a plate of jambalaya, you know, and, uh, that's my intro for today, and uh, thank you so much for joining me on Hold the Gravy. It's December 4th, 2021. This is our last market of the year, and uh, it feels very Christmassy out here, and, and uh, I think everybody's cheerful. Oh, I just see a guy with a cup of coffee. I might have to ask him where he got that. Maybe I can do both, a coffee and a Bloody Mary. Hey, look, there's Dave Hewland. He got a bag full of spices. He's showing up here like a rock star, though. There's our friend, Mr. Wendell Verrett. He really is the rock star around here. He calls the shots. He led the national anthem earlier. He just played it on, on his phone, but he led it. You know, he really he addressed the market, and, and he kicked it off. And uh, It's special out here in Delcom, y'all. It's special. So where did the outfit come from? So I actually kind of misunderstood. Wendell said to dress up for Christmas and I don't know how I got like a costume in my head. Well, that's, yeah. you, uh, you understood the assignment. I understood the assignment for sure. You know, I mistakenly wear this year round and people always kind of like, is that a Christmas sweater? And I'm like, I don't think it is, but I like it. So I don't know today I was like, I guess I'm gonna actually use it as a as a Christmas piece of clothing, but I like it. I don't have. A, I used to have a pretty good Christmas sweater, but I need a I need a Griswold sweater. There's this meme channel that I follow on Instagram. It's called Middle Class Fancy, and they're always making fun of like Chili's and Outback and uh, <laughs> Cheesecake um, Cheesecake Factory. And they have an ugly Christmas sweater that says Chili's, like, Outback, oh. Cheesecake Factory. I want it so bad. That's a good one. Yeah. I love how you can really hear the the roar of that uh, kettle mm -hmm. in the back whenever he turns it on to make the popcorn. It smells so good. It's hard to be next to him all day because it just smells delicious. Yeah. It I was, makes you hungry all I day. was literally saying, like, 
I get out of the van and I don't necessarily even know what I'm smelling. It's just a mix of everything at once that, that sort of hits you. And I'm close to some red beans and rice behind me here. So Milton and Christine have uh, some jambalaya as well. And of course we have crawfish bisque and duck and andouille gumbo and crawfish frittata. I mean, there's food all around. There's some tamales on the back. Uh, and Granny's back here has, if you haven't tried it, she has like a crawfish queso. What? I'm pretty sure it's like crack. It's, it's You heard it's amazing. it. So what do you think? You know, what are these people supporting themselves solely based off of this market? Or are they working really hard on sort of marketing their their product year round every day as hard as they can? What in your opinion, what what do you what do you think sort of benefits these vendors more? You know, coming out and doing it live or sort of repping online or really just pushing your product? A lot of these vendors everybody's super nice warm welcoming but a lot of them they do this as a side gig so they have like a main job or even they're retired and so they do this as a hobby or like nadine's uh she's on the third row over she's a retired chef loves to cook so she continues to make products and the people who make the wine they're just very passionate about it the melancholy with the right honey like they have like amazing they're just extremely passionate about it and they wanted to do it since he retired. Jay does it, complete side hustle. He has a main nine to five. Same thing with Drew Barra. And a lot of them aren't just local or uh, loyal to our market. They like hop around to different markets. And Drew, for instance, said that he's had like maybe 40 or 50 Saturdays in a row of doing markets and has not had a Saturday off. I was, I was just thinking, so do the markets in Louisiana specific like do they happen every Saturday can you find one to go to every Saturday between I mean all the Acadiana surrounding areas absolutely there's always a market that you can find especially on Saturdays Uh, some of them will do like pop-up things like on Thursday afternoons Tuesday afternoons and things like that but that's kind of here or there Um, I guess they're smaller yeah I guess it's like you know, look how popular this is. Look how many people are just showing up to, to stroll and shop. And it's it's up to your community or your local market to really push attendance, push the Saturday, you know, markets. And, and I'm seeing nothing but success over here so far on, on the last market of the year. And uh, there's tons of people I'm, I'm already seeing. And it's only about 9.30, Well, that's what's so awesome about our market is there's food, there's crafts. We have a market cafe. There's music. And it's it feels fun, like kind of like a small festival. And, like, the staff are all, like, kind of close-knit. We have our own little Delcom Seafood Farmer's Market family. Everything is just tight-knit. Everybody knows each other. And, it's, and that's what makes it special, too, I think, because it's only once a month. I think for every Saturday it wouldn't be such a big production but that's a good point i i agree with that you know quality over quantity yes yes, kind of deal for sure so what is one of your favorite dishes or what would you go and and buy to keep at your house right now what i buy consistently every market is j flow's peace love smoke his smoked cheese it's so amazing there's several different ones there's like some smoked parm smoked uh cheddar habanero smoked pepper jack I love cooking with it. I love just eating it. There's smoked nuts, and then he also does like a smoked paprika and smoked sea salt too. Uh, super fun, but just to have the smoked cheese, it's like really great. Like it, something different for a charcuterie board, or just you know a pop of flavor. Like when you're cooking something, it makes it unique. I think we're gonna try to get him away from his his booth sometime today, and maybe come and, and talk with us and. Uh Hopefully, you know, I was telling you earlier, it's like I, I don't want to take these people away from their busy hours because it's busy right now. So, and I was also telling our Hold the Gravy listeners that you might have to listen to me talk to myself for a little bit here while I'm waiting on on some other amazing people to tell us about their products and, and their experience here at, at Delcom and, and, uh, and then your experience too, being not so much a Louisiana native but 
just jumping right into, I mean, one of the most cultural places of Louisiana, I think, is is Delcom. And, and uh, how do you feel about that? I definitely think it's rich with culture and the community is fantastic. And I believe I told you before, Wendell brought me here before I actually accepted the position or my first day. And it was my first time ever seeing a shrimp boat. And I, like, I pull out my phone to take a picture and he looks at me like I'm crazy. But I'd never seen a shrimp boat. And they're telling me, oh, wait till market. Like, people line up. And it was just amazing to me. I've never seen people wait in line like that, except at Disney World. Like, it was insane. This but it's just, Disney like, World. so awe-inspiring. It is. It's like Cajun Disney World it's right here. happiest place on earth right here. <laughs> Come get some gumbo and bisque. <laughs> yeah, they'll build the uh, Ferris wheel back there in a bit. But yeah, we're working on that. This was the first <laughs> shrimp boat that came in, they said, in six weeks. Yes. That's a big deal. And I heard he has like a thousand pounds. Or Which kind of, is that a lot or is that a, not a lot? That, I mean, I, I think that's a lot. Like, I guess you never know. I mean, I I was ex- I was being explained to by uh, Tom last week, interviewing him, that he was saying that there's different boats that can carry larger amounts of shrimp for a longer period of time. So some boats are able to stay out. A little bit longer, but some only go out for a few days at a time oh, kind that of makes deal. Sense, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure what the size or scale of this specific boat is, but we are really happy that there's people lining up getting their shrimp, at least for the holidays, you know. I Absolutely. mean, perfect timing. If you're cooking that that Christmas seafood gumbo, you're going to need a couple pounds. You're going to need about 50 pounds. So, And the weather is perfect for it. I've seen people line up in the rain. And they're just standing there for an hour. Or in the hot sun, just standing there waiting for the shrimp. It's it's a great day to come get some shrimp. They even got a guy out here with a tailgate weight sort of scale. Really? And he's he's I guess selling shrimp out of his, his truck or he might be selling fish or I don't know. Pretty awesome though. And look, I mean doesn't look like there's any more room for any vendors out here but if you're thinking about getting involved next year in 2022 for our spring season i know that they're always making as much room as they can out here and they would if you sign up early enough i think it would be in your best interest to come and give the delcom seafood and farmers market a try you know come and if you got a special product at home like come and come and see what people think of it there's plenty of community members out here that are willing to throw their judgment in a good way or a bad way on your product like they're all interested i think that's one of the coolest parts is they're really like looking at each table and and asking questions and and two you'll find that a lot of the people that come to the market are just really invested in shopping locally and supporting like local community and local like commerce and so a lot of these people, they just get business just because they become repeats and people want to put money here. That's so funny. I was just talking about that on our on my little five-minute intro that I sort of recorded. And, and uh, it, it is, that's, that's the best part of community to me. And I've personally, in my life, I've, I've tried to be a little bit more conscious about where I'm putting my own hard-earned money yeah and and trying to uplift some local community members that are really working hard on mm. on anything freelance you For know sure some of the purchases here will directly put dinner on people's tables not some huge conglomerate company you know it's it's awesome i think the more that that we sort of think about those things i think that we can really work past these troubling times and really start to take it back a step or or simplify a bit and have more markets have more gatherings to where you're trading goods and i mean it goes back to the ancient times of trading goods for services but there's just something that feels better about it than just whatever going to uh grocery store pickup and just letting them throw a bag of stuff in your (laughs) trunk which i know has been popular since our world pandemic but 
I think that you should still give these markets a, a, a shot and, and come out and spend your money because these people really appreciate it more than more than you can ever know. What's really cool too is here in this market, a lot of the vendors will support each other. So like Granny's, she purchases like cheese from Jay and uses in her products. Uh, there's a girl over here that does like some keto and gluten-friendly like jarred goods um, and she buys them um, from Angela like the vegetables and everybody supports one another that's it's, amazing yeah and think of the collaborative dishes that you're getting like you don't just have one cook you have a bunch of people that are putting their their creative sort of culinary thoughts together I on mean, that note uh, I made the crawfish frittata today in the market menu. Uh, so it has smoked With cheese. The smoked cheese. Smoked yep. cheese from Jay, and then it has Cajun 180s Trinity seasoning and La Cajun Gold too. Well, I guess I'm gonna guess I'm gonna have to go get that right now. I'm hungry. Really I wasn't hungry until I got here. That was like right. <laughs> like I stay hungry all day long. Luckily, people feed me samples all day long. It's 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 a good gig. I got I got lucky. Yeah, and you're hanging by the kids booth. You're doing some awesome. Yeah, Santa I do. I do something different crafts. every month, and it's so fun. And it's just a way to to kind of talk to kids. Like, what's your favorite food, or what's your favorite snack? So, as a nutritionist, do you think? You're influencing a younger generation to, to let them understand maybe where their food is, is coming from? or Even if you can just plant a seed, that's going to make a difference. Well, like look at this. What you got? They look even it. sell clothes out here. Now you're styling. Local hats. Sorry, Adidas. I do like this hat, but... No, that one. That one's definitely fly. This one, this one got it going on. And I love the contrast with the sweater. Well, it's, it's festive. Again, I don't know if it's Christmas, but we're gonna we're gonna call it something. We're definitely. Calling I do it I do patterns. I don't know. There's patterns everywhere, but I do have Christmas socks. There you go. Bah humbug, they say. So sorry. I wasn't gonna say it out loud. Sorry, I was I interrupted. <laughs> um, my question about the children that kind of come up and, and work with you over at these markets. So the thing about kids and working with kids for nutrition, if a child is overweight or obese, they're 80% more likely to be overweight or obese into adulthood. And if you can just plant one tiny seed or, hey, what's your favorite vegetable? And it might not be any of them, but it's, it's still bringing to the forefront of your mind. Or, you know. Yeah, you're like, at least just raising knowledge of what's out there, you know. It's it's kind of, yeah, I, I see that pattern because I didn't grow up eating greens or, or things of that sort. But then right when I kind of started noticing, I guess, what is, what's in food as a young teenager or, or whatever it is, ordering for yourself past you know your mom and dad ordering for you it's like well wait i i kind of like this or i could try it with this and and now i can't i love everything green i can't i can't not eat a green smoothie or drink a smoothie every morning that's kind of what i've been hip to the last couple months but i see what you mean though about planting a seed as as just a a young person that doesn't really know what they like yet they don't and they and all kids like candy and even if you just like for the month of halloween i had a handouts and it kind of talked about like cavities and there's so many things that are related to food and food is beautiful and food is necessary but there are health risks with everything and we can make good choices or we can make better choices i don't like to say making bad choices i call them fun choices but everything in moderation and it's just great to bring awareness and Plus, it's fun. I mean, look at this. How fun is this? Yeah. Come on. So, if you're listening to this right now, you unfortunately missed today's market. But that's all right. We're going to have a whole spring season, a whole calendar of events coming from Delcom Seafood and Farmer's Market. And when would be the next? When does the actual spring season start? 
Is January we're an taking, off month? We're taking January off, so it will be... Sounds like a Mardi Gras market. February 5th. That's a Mardi Gras market. And the word is we're going to be using Jay again, the cheese in some of the dishes. And don't hold me accountable to this one, but I heard maybe like crawfish, macaroni, and cheese. What? And then shrimp and cheese grits. And a king cake. So <laughs> It'll like, be Mardi Gras season. I will be here. You will see me with a fork in my face. And you can just hear the burner right behind us kick back on. That means they are slinging kettle corn right next to us. I'm watching it just as I'm talking to you on the other side of this this microphone and this camera. They're just piling on the the popcorns and and our friend Laurel, she's going to she's going to come back. She's going to go back to her art, arts and craft station. All the glitter. It's fun. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us. This is a this is a first in hold the gravy already. We got a we got a repeat, but this time we got items to try. This is exciting. Very, very exciting. This is a... Oh, let me get y'all turned up here. We got Chef Dave Hewlin, Mr. Wendell Verrett with us on Hold the Gravy, but we also got a big old bottle of red stuff and green stuff that he brought specifically. Oh my God. He brought specifically to let the Hold the Gravy crew try on this uh, on this Christmas market. And then my neighbor here just, just sort of plopped this wonderful bowl of red beans down. <laughs> so we're in we're in heaven a little bit. You're in a prime spot. I'm not I'm not upset about it whatsoever. <laughs> but Dave, uh, since since our episode went out, man, how, how's things been? Oh, man, we're doing good, bro. We're doing good. I, 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 heard, the, I heard the episode that we did over at the Gumbo Cook-Off, and I think it was pretty fantastic, man. Thank I, you. I think we opened up a lot of, basically, a, a lot of open-end topics to talk about in the future, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's a good first episode. Then. Absolutely, it is. We're... Uh, we're still working as a as a podcast on the move a little bit, and we're liking it. We I think we, I think we are. It's it's opening up a lot of ideas to continue on next year and and really plan out our our 2022 season with the markets and then with other Louisiana events that are gonna come back as as annual festivals and and uh, all of that. So explain the explain the bottles to me here. <laughs> Well, look, last time we met, we talked about, uh, Wendell brought up, beyond uh, Cajun 180, I also do some live cooking shows out in New Iberia, Louisiana, and uh, one of the things that I do is called Beyond the Glass. It's a cocktail workshop uh, where we feature some Bloody Marys, and what you see right here before you is two proprietary blend mixes that I have, uh, and then whenever you come to the show, basically we Beyond the Glass, it. We, we, we talk about the food and the preparation of the food, tips, texts, and tips, tricks, and techniques of a chef live right in front of you uh, as I cook. And then I show you how to build these from a mixologist world. I, I show you how to build these elaborate Bloody Marys uh, that you would normally get in a restaurant and pay top dollar for. So I, well, you said you, you told me on the last episode that we did that you, there was not a Bloody Mary that you found that you liked. So I'm going to challenge that today. I'm going to give you a chance to taste uh, my regular normal red base mix and then also my verde mix uh, that I just did a recent show with. We did Latin night. Nice. We did uh, shredded chicken tacos and chicken fajitas and Ooh, taquerias. And well, I'm in the right place. I'm in the hot seat, I guess. <laughs> I'm in the hot seat for, for the Bloody Mary test. And this is uh, live live on air, so let's do it. Let's do the red one first for for oh, old, well, for, the, for the traditional sake, huh? I tell you what, let's do the green first. All right, all right. <laughs> simply because this, look, this is like a wine tasting, right? So, if you have you ever done a wine tasting? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, so they always tell you go with the the dries first, and then work your way to the sweet, simply because you don't want the sweet to overpower, you know, those types of things. So the red mix that I have here is uh, it's a little heated. All right. Okay, so we're all from South Louisiana here, so we can handle a little heat. 
but before we get you there, I want you to be able to taste the freshness and the organicness of this green verde mix. That's wonderful. Right? So let me pour them up here. What? Yes, sir. Fill the space there. And then uh, uh, also brought the good filler uh, that goes into it. So I do a lot of, uh, one of my sponsors for the show uh, is Distillery Acadian, which is a local uh, brew house in, uh, or distillery in, in New Iberia. And they, uh, they have a, a whiskey, a bourbon. Uh, they just have a, a, a release there, their gin. And then they also have a vodka that goes really well with my mixes. And so I use their, their vodka, which is right here. It's a voila. What? Yeah. So we're going to have local. a little sample of uh, local vodka in a local Bloody Mary mix. Voila. That's a good name for a vodka. Again, with the marketing, I know... I know you have a little bit of... It's all about marketing. It's all about knowledge. branding. It's how look it all that, fits look together. Look at that beautiful graphic. That's nice. Yeah, man. And they did that. I mean, it's, uh, that's their bottle. You can take a look at that while I pour the rest of this. Distillery Acadien. Yeah, and they were going to be here today, but uh, they had some uh, health issues, so uh, they promised to come out in February. So hopefully we'll have some... Uh, some tasting from right. uh, Acadiana Distillery. Or is it is Distillery, Distillery Acadiana? Mm -hmm. Sounds like uh, a perfect thing for the Mardi Gras market. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna fold it into the Mardi Gras. But today we have uh, today's our last market of uh, December, Hunter. I'm sure you mentioned it, and uh, we have a good crowd, and we have some awesome vendors today. If you walk around and look, they just have. Man, some fantastic products on sale. Um, but uh, we also are uh, kind of unusual. We have a shrimp boat here today. Right. I heard first one in six weeks. Yeah. It's oh, wow. been a rough, rough year for shrimp. But, wow. Uh, so we lucked off today, and uh, we had some people in line earlier. It's about a, a medium 40, 50, 50, 60 size shrimp. So That's awesome for a gumbo. It is. Or an HFA. Yeah, yeah. You can stock up on your your Christmas seafood gumbo that I know a lot of you are gonna make yeah. for the holidays and and stock up. You know, it's the winter time's coming. Yeah. Supposedly, I don't know. It might be hot for the next couple yeah. weeks, but well, you can you still know, store store it in your freezer. That's yeah. okay. Just January, February time's coming. You're gonna want the the warm stuff. So right. good gumbo weather coming later on and, uh, and today's a perfect day to stock up for uh, for all of that stuff i taste it so i definitely taste think? it ma'am this is this is unique this really is it's it's got the i, I mean immediately taste it green you know immediately taste the the sort of pulp in it the tomatillo tomatillos and uh poblanos uh is the pepper that i use yeah. in that one uh it has a little bit of jalapeno in it not very much um so Oh, it's a lot great. Of celery I love it. and look, it's a it's I, a it's I definitely a huge, get the celery. In. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, tomatillo and cucumber based. Uh, so then your flavors, the depth of flavor there comes with the poblano pepper and uh, and a little bit of the celery on the back end. Yeah, man, that's I mean, good, Dave. You don't you don't get this everywhere. No, God, no. <laughs> Come on, I mean, you order a Bloody Mary from whatever. There's tons of brunch is popular. Brunch sure. is a popular thing. Where I live in New Orleans, people go to brunch and spend money you yeah. know it's, it's expensive brunch and you don't even get these kind of products there and and i don't know maybe the money would be worth it at these brunch spots if if they were bringing out these immaculate sort of bloodies or tasting kind of deals and i like the green I, i'll be honest this yeah look and let me, let me tell you so this opens up a, a, a huge can of worms here for topics and discussions of bloody mary so you know i recently read a, a post somewhere where someone talked about uh, Bloody Marys being exactly what you said, brunch, and this very popular morning item, uh, those getting over hangovers and those types of things has always been the medicine for hangovers. Uh, but we think that the Bloody's more than that, man. You know, so by doing the Beyond the Glass uh, f featured show, uh, we're, we're, we're really out here to show the fact that the Bloody Mary is more important than just brunch. I mean, you can put dessert with these things you can put uh you know we can showcase seafood and and uh, uh, pork and beef and all these other different components that we can put on top of it and make a full meal out of it now it becomes dinner brunch supper oh <laughs> breakfast brunch is very very popular i mean absolutely but sure i've been to one of your events and it 
you know, it's it's something different. It's more, it's, it's an experience. Yeah, it's different than just the usual sit down and eat kind of thing. Yeah, we, we showcase a lot of different things in the show. So it's uh, it's not just drinking a Bloody Mary and eating the food. We're, we're uh, you know, we have a lot of sponsors that come in. So we're talking. It's, it's, a, it's a huge platform. It's an awesome platform for people to come in. And get their their things promoted uh, by this uh, Jay Florsham, which is here today at the at the festival, uh, or at the farmers market rather. Uh, he does uh, peace, love, smoke. He so I, I showcase a lot of his smoked cheeses on top of these things. Uh, we we have a lot of people that have uh, from these farmers markets, whether it's fresh vegetables that they can in jar. We actually put those on a skewer and feature those for them. So it's just a way for uh, as we talked in the one of, in, the, in the last podcast that you know you never know the hidden secrets that these people have out here the the um what's the word i'm looking for the creativity yep. of all of the things that are flourishing here that people don't normally get to see because you know these people do this stuff from their home and uh, so and the collaboration that, too exactly you know? so that's exactly. y'all are using jay's cheese on on one of your dishes yep. you're using jay's jay's cheese i mean yeah, his cheese keeps popping up he's <laughs> he's popular and i know he's busy and he kind of came up to me first he was like I might have time, but I might not. I'm like, all right. So I'm chasing that dragon to get that interview with, with the cheese guy, you know? Hey, look, if I have to go work his booth for you to get him over here, I'll there do you that. go. I'll do that for all you. All right, look, hold the gravy, working deals. I like I, it. Absolutely. But yeah, Jay's a character, uh, but he's just floored by the you know popularity of his product. And uh, it's fun to hear him talk about it. And, you know, it's, it's not just put cheese on on the smoker it's it, you know you got to yeah. smoke it cold smoke it there's a technique to that and then you got to cure it for several weeks otherwise it just tastes like smoke but i love smoked cheeses and uh, we use it in uh in our shrimp and grits here when we do it and it's just fantastic we got a red one getting poured up this is um okay for me I, i'll be honest with you looking at a this type of liquid in a cup red like that it sort of intimidates me and i I, i'd go back to what you were saying on the last episode it's like the red color that tomato scares you plays tricks with your mind a little bit and i don't know if it's i I don't hate tomatoes at all I, i i love tomatoes i eat them all the time and i don't know what it is and you know i'm not much of a of a vodka drinker but if i were to do it i think this is this is the way to do it, and there you go. try it's, it up, man. Let's see what we take. Let's see what we think about the red mix. Oh, it's good. Mm. Got a little kick on the back end. Has a little bite. Mm-hmm. That's the bite I like, though. That is that's what I want in the Bloody Mary. Not not tasting as much as. So what, so what we're doing right here is we're Ooh. we're actually showcasing the tomato, right? So you, you're getting the heat. So here here's a cool thing, man. So we we talked about and we talked on the, on the last episode that we did. We talked about Cajun 180 and how we are a healthy seasoning choice blend uh, and, and seasoning company and those types of things. And, and we talked about tweaking the minor tweaks of things that we do to the seasonings and how all of these local people take these things and we tweak them. So, and I told you that the secret to Cajun 180 is we take it all back to traditional, right? It's the basic steps that we follow uh, to get the flavor profile of what we're looking for. So. And then you just tweak it from there, right? So it, it, using Cajun 180 seasonings allows you to do this kind of stuff. But as a chef, I'm able to do this same thing through these Bloody Marys, right? So I've taken a tomato-based product, and I tweaked it just a little bit. So what people don't understand is pepper doesn't have a flavor, right? So like cayenne pepper and those types of things, black pepper, really doesn't have a flavor. It has a heat value to it, a Scoville unit. And so that heat is an irritant. And what it does is it irritates the taste bud and inflames it. It's an inflammatory, right? So as it, inf- as it in- in- irritates that taste bud for you, if it's too much and it's too powerful for your genetics to, to be able to react to, it doesn't allow you to taste the other things in your food. Does it make sense? So if you have too much pepper and somebody's intolerable to pepper, then they can't taste the rest of the things. And so, therefore, that person needs to back off and decline in the Scoville unit of pepper that they use. Because they literally messed with the, the tongue. They messed with the taste buds. That's right. You just you just chemically burned your tongue. Yeah. Salt does the same thing, right? So, 
if you can if you can learn to back off on the pepper and the salt and focus on the flavor of the food and then adjust the fla- the, the salt and the pepper on the back end of things then now we're talking now we're talking cajun food right because it's all about flavor here it's not yeah. about pepper and heat no that's right and, and you, you know i think we had talked about this at the uh, at the gumbo yeah. cook-off you know uh cajun food has come to be known as as spicy but I, I, after that interview i started thinking I- anyone from whether it's the you know not from here the midwest northeast and there are, you know, people that like spicy food across the country. But for the most part, people w- can come here, taste a dish that to us is nothing. But to them, it's fire. Mm-hmm. They are so sensitive to heat and spice. That's right. That I think maybe that's how we got the reputation of taking but it's definitely more spicy than that's what right. those I, people are accustomed you're, you're absolutely correct and, and I've learned that traveling across the country and that is that people come here and they taste things and because they're not adjusted to it and are used to it they get that fire feeling and then people that go back and they realize that look the Cajun culture is we're like the spotlight the beacon of the world for flavor and food profiles so people go back home and they try to duplicate this Man, let me open up a Cajun restaurant up here in Michigan, right? What did we taste? Pepper. Let's throw a lot of cayenne pepper in there. Let's see how it works. And, you know, and so we get this bad reputation that, that Cajun food is all about spice. And really and truthfully, it's not. It's all about flavor here. Right. Right. The seasoning. The yeah. seasoning and the marinade and, That's and the, the process that, I guess, the time that it takes to prep the meat before you even start cooking It's a science. The man. dish. It really is. Like my dad will have Ziploc bags of already marinated meat in his freezer for a while. A year. Yeah, a while. Yeah. Just because one day, whatever, he bought some chicken, and he just marinated it and threw it in, the, in sure. the freezer. It's not like he had a specific motive to go and cook a dish that day, but he literally just was like, hey, um, chicken's on sale. I need to buy it. And <laughs> and then you got it whenever you need it. Absolutely. And you got That's when, I guess, growing your own produce and growing your own vegetables come into play and then you don't have to go to the store in a panic to go and cook dinner tonight you can literally defrost the meat go to the back pick the bell pepper pick the poblano whatever you need in the trinity and then you start cooking yeah absolutely but if you travel to other other parts of the country and and, you know taste their food uh, i mean we immediately will notice how bland. <laughs> <laughs> like there is nothing to this oh my god right <laughs> but you know that and that's part of uh of the you know the experience of of culinary uh you know culinary uh adventures if you will but uh that's why like anthony bourdain i don't know how that guy his experience i mean you know all over the world and I've seen a lot of his episodes, and there was a couple of times where like, there is no way, <laughs> no way I'm getting into that. But now, you know, um, like in Mexico and Africa, uh, octopus, for example, is very popular and very plentiful. Also, insects. Now, I watched a, a documentary. How do we get off on insects? But <laughs> I watched a documentary on humans eating insects and it's very popular across the world and it's very healthy extremely healthy and they're talking about it being you know the the future of how to to feed you know without because animals uh the, the the carbon footprint and all that kind of stuff comes into play and it's not the same for for insects but um they can actually make it into a powder form, but then the cost goes up when you start to do That's that. Right. But, but it's extremely healthy. But you know, th- there's just so much variety in the world, and, and that's what I liked about Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. And to hear uh, Chef Kerner say that he, he met with him mm-hmm. twice. Cooked just, for him, yeah. I was like star, you know, right. starstruck right, right then and, and there. And complimented, he complimented his gravy to a, yeah. a restaurant that, in, in, that in he's Spain. eaten in that's Spain. Right. Yeah. In Spain, yeah. Unbelievable! Yes. Really, really special that he got to visit down here, and, and uh, out of all the places he's visited, you know, 
I know that he was treated right down here with with whoever was on his episode and a lot of familiar faces on those episodes. And he did a he did another show. He was on um like a twenty four hour layover show once in New right, Orleans. Right. And that was interesting too. Yeah. He stopped at a lot of New Orleans spots, but yeah. man, what a what a taste bud on on that. Yeah, guy. man. Look, I'm I talking mean, about the insects. You know, people across the world too. They look at us, and and places like Michigan. You know where where we've got actually been called and said, "Hey, look, can you come up here and do a crawfish bowl?" And, and we say, uh, "Yeah, we can, but uh, we have to do it in Illinois." And they're like, well, "Why?" You know, and they're so it, crawfish is illegal to have in Michigan because they consider it an invasive species. Uh, so that's one one thing that we have about our Louisiana seafood. Some of our seafood is not welcome in other states because they see it as a as an invasive species. But even in some places of the world, you know, they look at a crawfish and a crab and they go, oh, "What are you guys eating out there?" I mean, that's what is that? You know, yeah. it's the same thing as we looking at grasshoppers and crickets. You know, and those types of things across the world. But it's one, the same thing. One one of the things was, you know, how can we get, you know, American culture or European culture to adopt insect into their diet or, or or whatever and then you know it's not that crazy but if you recall at one time no one ate sushi and now sushi has exploded i mean uh, there was definitely a time uh, uh, I'd, I'd say there's no way i'm eating i mean there's no way and once i got onto it uh but through peer pressure i'll say mm-hmm. and uh it, it just took off. I mean, and now you—it's everywhere. It's in—it's in—it's in convenience stores. It's in gas stations. <laughs> it's everywhere. So you know, your things can change. Yeah, you can adopt, adapt. Yeah, but good luck convincing a whole generation of people that yeah. insects is is the next sushi. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm with you on that one. Desperate times call for desperate measures. You never yeah. know. You're right. <laughs> well, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, the red one won me over. I, I probably won't ever like another Bloody Mary. No, oh, come on, yeah. But I mean, it's gonna be hard to compete. Well, good man. Look, Merry Christmas to you. Like, what? I'll, I'll, I get the whole thing. You get the whole thing. I'll even oh, give you the man. green one. You can take the green one with you as well. Look, Merry Christmas. Right. I gotta green. save that. I'm gonna save that for, for a special a special occasion, man. Probably probably be gone next week. All but. I have to tell you is, there's more. <laughs> there's more of that where that came from. So. Well, thank you, man. You have, you have the hookup. You have my phone number. You have my connection. So reach we out got, to me anytime you need. We got Dave Hewland sitting in here a second time already on Hold the Gravy, and <laughs> and you know we're we're a fan, man, and we we just can't thank you enough for. I I, I turned you on to uh, my in-laws actually in Minnesota. They they went to Rouse's for Thanksgiving, and they said, "Oh yeah, there's Cajun 180." That was on Hunter's podcast. So there you go. And they people are it. checking us out, man. They now. took it back to Minnesota. It's all good. They couldn't find the Trinity. It was at a Rouse's. I don't think they were in Look, stock. Trinity is our number one seller in right. Rouse's. So some of the Rouse's stores are, it's almost like they're constantly sold out. It's almost like people wait for the shelf to be restocked so that they can go and stock up again, right. you know, stock up their pantry, <laughs> uh, especially our, our Mississippi and Alabama folks. That's it, man. Well, that's a good product. That's how you know people are looking for the right stuff and they're cooking their own dishes with the right ingredients. And right. I think that's that's important. And you don't want a bunch of stuff that you're not really sure of in your dish that you're cooking all the time. So it's great to stock your pantry with Cajun blends because that is the that's the best. I, I, what, can we, what can we say? It's the best. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Dave, uh, I might have to take you up on working the cheese booth for a second. Maybe. Maybe he'll get a break, but he he did say that he gets busy when he comes here. So yeah, man. And he was on uh he was definitely on our guest list today. So hopefully, hopefully hold the gravy can get him. Yeah, let me go check him out. Let me go uh, step out that way. I'll go see if I can work his booth. Thank you for the bloodies. Not again. a problem. Not voila. <laughs> yeah, well, voila. That's uh, Distillery Acadia. You can check them out. Uh, DistilleryAcadia.com. Uh, again, they just came up, dude. They're they're gin. You have to. If are you a gin drinker? I'm not, but I'll try it. I'll, I was never a gin any, drinker. Anything gin local scares you me. Know? Yeah, gin scares me. But let me tell you, if you taste these guys' gin, it's just like what you just said about this Bloody Mary. You will never you will never drink another gin, and you will only drink theirs. It's fantastic. You heard it here let's first. Put, let's put it to <laughs> magnolia and honeysuckle. What? That's what their stuff is infused wow. with. So yeah, man, give it a try and and and. Give Phil and them a shout out. We'll, we'll be here in February. I'll come out and hang out in their booth and 
maybe we can tag team some stuff out here and maybe do some Bloody Mary tastings and hopefully we don't compete with what the Bloody Marys that they do out of here. But we'll give some tastings. Yeah, that's that's kind of a sacred cow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later, Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but I'll but no, tell you, though, we, and I think I've told this story, but, you know, we were trying to make some money for the market to keep it going and yeah. try to cut down on our, our deficits. And so we're trying different things, trying to raise some, some revenue for the market. And then one day, Tammy says, well, I'll make a, a Bloody Mary that's pretty good. I said, okay, well, let's try that. <clears throat> and, oh, my God, we make hundreds of dollars. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely a substantial part of our budget, but we get people that line up, you know, and the, they come in to the pavilion. The first thing they ask for is where are the Bloody Marys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Bloody Marys and mimosas and beers, I mean, it, you know, you're in South Louisiana. You just can't do this at a farmer's market anywhere in the country. In fact, we were talking to a, a, a farmer's market in Oregon, you know, and, and they were like, well, do you separate the kids from the from the alcohol, from the adults? And we're like, no. <laughs> Maybe we need to take a trip and show them how it's done. <laughs> well, actually, they, actually that, we just put the arts and crafts booth as close as we can to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the Bloody Mary line <laughs> so that the kids don't bother the parents when they're in line. That's right. <laughs> Give the kids something to do. <laughs> So that's how we separate down here in Louisiana, yeah. you know. No, we're we're against segregation, we promise. Well, we'll we'll get going. We're going to have a great rest of the day. The fog has finally lifted lift, and yeah. the sun's out, so it's beautiful out here on on December 4th, last market of the day. Thank you so much. Hold the gravy. Signing yeah. out. Man, I love it. I, I, I'm I'm a fan of this pace, um, the in and outs, the you know 15, 20 minute interviews. Next vendor, next vendor, and I gotta catch them while they're while they're got got a little bit of a breather because they're out here busy and and it's a beautiful day in Delcom, and the people are out here supporting and they're really showing some love. I think to the vendors on the final the final market of the year, you know. And have you been out? To, to all of this season's markets? Yeah, I started here in March. Um, yeah, so I think that was the first month they right. come back. Yeah. So they kind of do like seasonal. They, they take off January and then they take off like... I think so. In the hot summer yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, they normally don't do one in July. It's, it's, it's right around 4th of July weekend. Anyway, right. So. Jay, right? Right. Yeah. Say your last name for me. Florsham. Jay Florsham. Yeah, it's a good Cajun name, right? <laughs> Peace, love, and smoke. That's me, man. I, when I, I'm not just saying this either. I, I've I've interviewed a couple of people over the weeks and months, and your name and your company keeps coming up as either a dish that we have to try or a collaboration that they're using in another dish like the crawfish frittata or right. or something like that. And and our friend Laurel has has definitely said that. Yeah, the word that comes to mind, I think, is just infamous. Yeah. Not famous, infamous. Yeah. So there's like this little myth or legend. I feel like I've been tra- chasing the dragon of the right. interview. It's like, oh, you're the cheese guy. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Man. So tell me about the process. How do you even, I mean, briefly start. I hear cold smoke. I hear, I don't know. I hear all these different things, and I can't even fathom in my own Yeah, down mind. here it has to be cold smoke. You know, certain climates you can do different things, but... Here you have to do cold smoking, and so I started this um, last summer. So I've been doing it about a year and a half, and it was just a hobby I was playing around with, um, learning about cold smoking. I was interested in that. Did some cheese, a couple of different things, and you have to vacuum seal it and put it up for about a month because it's really harsh the day you do it. If you ate it the day I smoked it, you never eat smoked cheese again. It's like eating an ashtray, you know. So I did that, and while while I was waiting on that stuff to get ready, I was bored, and so I did some sea salt and paprika and nuts and it all kind of stuck but yeah the the actual process what you have to do the way i do it i have a stainless steel tube but it's mesh so it's open air you fill it with wood pellets um you put it in whatever side of the grill you're gonna put it on like i i put it on the i have a charcoal grill with an offset box so i put it on the offset box to keep it as far away from the cheese as i can you light the open end of it uh let it burn for a minute and then you blow it out and it'll smolder through that whole 12-inch tube 
and give you about four hours worth of smoke with very little heat. Um, so this time of year, I can do it almost any time. During the spring and summer, I kind of have to do it early in the morning. Uh, if the temperature's above 70 degrees, I put frozen bottles of water in there to keep the temperature down. Um, but no, it's great. It, I, so I smoke it for four hours. I use a blend of some bourbon barrel oak pellets and hickory. Um, wow. Then kind of vacuum seal it, put it up for about a month, and then you get this mellow stuff that I'm selling here today. Wow, man. I mean, it's it's a popular item I, I hear throughout Louisiana. And from what I've also heard is is this isn't your, your main gig. This no, is this is my a- second full-time job. So, you know, I work for a wine and liquor distributor. Um, and it seems to be keeping you busy, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. I turned 50 and decided I wanted two full-time jobs. Yeah. So here we are. Instead of retiring, you go yeah, you go yeah. and do something. But my youngest son graduated high school in May, and so there's no dragging around to baseball games or ballet or any of that stuff anymore. So, I mean, it's either do this or sit at home. Right, right. No, and then, I mean, what, what better thing than cheese, right? Right, and hopefully one day this could get me out of the, the corporate job that I have during right. the day. Right, and, uh, which just, is the dream. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so maybe one day. It's hard to think about when the kids are on the insurance and stuff. But so, do you do different cheeses? Different yeah, pepper the, jack. The smoke or? ones. I do pepper jack. I do an extra sharp cheddar. I had tried mild cheddar at first, and it didn't stand up to the smoke. So I do an extra sharp cheddar. I do gouda, which I sell a ton of. Um, I do smoked parmesan, which is interesting. I I was always interested in it, and I had done some wedges of parmesan. And they just, it didn't work. They're so hard, the smoke wouldn't adhere to it. So I started doing the, I started buying the Parmesan already shaved. And I do that and it's amazing. And for some reason, that's ready the day I smoke it. I can smoke it this morning, sell it this afternoon. Um, And it's awesome. I make an Alfredo sauce with it. Most people just buy it and snack on it. Then I do, I I, I do a smoked habanero cheddar when I can find it. I can't always get it. That sounds good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I actually found some Carolina Reaper. Monterey Jack that I have aging right now. I'm going to open up and let some people try it around Christmas. That sounds good. I'll make them sign a waiver. Yeah. First. Don't sue me. All right. My bestseller actually is the one thing I do that is not smoked. I call it Hippie Havarti. So I take Havarti, which is a buttery, creamy, yep. real soft cheese, and I marinate it in Cabernet for eight to ten days. What? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I sell as much as I can get. I do cheese runs two, three times a week. Um, and people around New Iberia and Lafayette probably wonder why they can't find any of is because I've got a refrigerator with about 150 blocks of it in there. You, I sell 20 or 30 of them every week, guaranteed. Right. That's amazing. Do you sell strictly from delivery or do you sell in Mostly stores? Mostly farmer's markets. Uh, the way the cottage law works, I can't sell in a store right now because um, I'm not in a state licensed or regulated kitchen. Um, it's, it's an issue. It's not a problem. It's something if you want to grow. You're going to eventually either have to rent some kitchen space. Sure. Um, Commissary kitchen. Yeah, or, or build a facility or whatever. But that's part of the growing process. If it never gets bigger than it is right now, I'm fine with that. I like what I'm doing. I like the hands-on approach that you have to use at a farmer's market where I can explain to people what it is and everything. And I'm kind of I'm kind of hesitant to put it on a shelf somewhere because it's just sitting there with everything else from everybody else. And I can't sit there and tell people why they should buy this yeah and you go to the cheese aisle in any grocery store and it's it's massive and right. it's it's honestly overwhelming for someone like me that's just like okay i want to make a charcuterie or something tonight and i really right. don't know what i want like yeah and you're right i mean something about selling your own product here at the farmer's market and being able to just talk with the community and just say hey this is what i'm selling this is how i do it and have them be able to taste it right it makes a huge difference unless you go do like sam's club does it they right do like, they right. do like little toothpick tastings yeah of like pizza rolls or something hey, yeah you have those people that just go there to eat yeah i used to do that yeah hey, I was- <laughs> like me too yeah <laughs> you do what you got to do when you're a poor student you know i mean the creativity though that a lot of the rest of these vendors or taking maybe your product and making a dish with or oh yeah i've got a number of those and then even like the market today they're selling a crawfish frittata with, that has my smoked pepper jack in it wow and but, then chef dave Hulin, he yeah. told me that he he kind of collaborates with your uh, we your do cheese all kind of all stuff the time. yeah he does those bloody mary dinners the beyond the glass workshops and he's uh, uh my cheese or some alcohol that i sell has been involved with every one of those dinners nice that he does i also have there's a there's a couple of people um, that have 
a company called All Caps. It's gourmet mushrooms. They sell at the Lafayette markets. They just made a black garlic and shiitake mushroom powder. It's a smoky powder that has my smoked sea salt in it. And they sold out everything they brought to that market Thursday night. And I had to hot shot them some salt yesterday so they could make another batch for today. So, yeah, it's fun seeing the creativity of some of these people out here. And the and the, the community's catching on, it seems like. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah. they're buying the products. They're here at 9 a.m. Well, it's, it's nice when you have return customers and, and they brought somebody with them and they're showing them what's what on my tray all the you know all the samples i have out and i'm like all right i'm gonna sit back and y- yeah, you, you do the work for me you don't even have to sell anymore it's like you're you've created little salesmen yeah. to to come yeah. and say no this is the one you're gonna like this one tastes like this this right. like that yeah that's a good feeling what better time than the holidays too to really dive into some cheese and right and just kind of talk about it see what see where it's coming from i i love that i think that'd be a great idea for for a family gathering is just like Nothing but local products, right? I even try if to do it's that as even if it's seafood that you're cooking in a seafood gumbo for Christmas or something. It's like right. Look, I know guys that have barbecue places. I try to get brisket and turkey from them, or side dishes. I know guys that all these you know vegetables. And once you buy vegetables at a farmer's market, why would you ever buy jalapenos, or cucumbers, tomatoes, whatever at the grocery store if you had to? You know, I mean, unless you had to, absolutely. So yeah. It, it, it tastes better. You know it's fresh, but it, it also you feel good about it. Yeah, you know where your money's going. You're seeing where your money's going. Right. Literally from handing five dollars to somebody. I mean, it feels good, and and uh, I've been consciously trying to be better at at spending my money where right I would like to. Well, it's see almost it go. like, and one of my major rules of life, and you, I can't use it as much anymore just because of the way things are. Is always stop at the lemonade stand. I don't care if I want lemonade or not. I don't care if I don't have any change and all I have is a $20 bill. If I see a kid with a lemonade stand, I'm stopping. You know? And it's just it's just a good way to be, I think. You're right. They got lemonade right behind you. Look. Right? Being, being squeezed yeah. with the kettle corn. Homemade as fresh as it can be, right? I might have to get some now that you said that. No, man. And it's it's a beautiful day out here. I, I love it when, when I get to come to the market and, and this was the first shrimp boat that came in in six weeks I, right. I know it hasn't really been that great of a shrimp season unfortunately but hopefully that'll all change we got a whole season next year to to look forward to and and uh i hope to i hope to try some of the cheese man i didn't i picked the wrong day to take my ice chest out of my vehicle <laughs> right i would have i would have definitely left with a lot of these products here today. Well, when and, you're uh, done, you got to at least come sample everything. Oh, have uh, you know I will. Absolutely, man. But again, man, thank you for joining us. I I, I appreciate the 10, 15 minutes. No, that, this is great. I'll sit forever. I'm watching Dave over there working my table, <laughs> and I put him to work anytime. Yeah, Dave was just Dave was a guest at a at our gumbo cookoff right, episode, right. and then he he told me he was going to be at this market, and he brought over some of his famous bloody mixes yes. and uh he made me a fan and and i'm i'm happy to say i probably won't ever drink another bloody mary except his but right yeah dave's uh very creative and very detail oriented and what you're tasting right there might be the 25th <laughs> edition of what he was trying to make right but once he got it he got it that's amazing man. Yeah. i mean and i think about that when i look at all these vendors really it's like how long how many trials did it take before you just stand behind your table so confident right and just like yep that's that's what i make right like you want it or not well and that's what's funny about the cheese is i knew it tasted good right but it's a matter of getting people out there and once people start talking about it and like i said return return customers and everything that's what when you finally realize yeah i got something well there's a buzz there's return customers at each of these markets and you can tell you can literally just stand here and and see who's who's popular right you know right and it works man there's some amazing local products in louisiana and i know that the rest of the world might be listening to this and might not be able to show up today but hey look look these people up and just really just just pay some pay some respects to that that local farmer's market in your own town and it all can't be as good as south louisiana's right but we're still here and we're still encouraging that local community vibe, you know? That's that's what it's about. And I'm just honored to be sitting in the middle of it, talking about it all, man. Just just watching the culture. 
Same here. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you, my friend. Yep. I'm going to come taste some cheese now. I'll be there. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for hanging with Hold the Gravy. This is, uh, this is a new project that we're really getting off the ground, start of 2022. Turn her mic down so you can maybe hear me. And thank you for thank you for just giving us the opportunity to experiment with this podcast. Because like I've said in previous episodes, we are a podcast sort of on the go. And we're going to pop up at all kinds of Louisiana events and talk to as many people as we can and just let you know about the culture and let you know about the products, the food, the community. There's so much going on. There is so much to continue to look forward to in this area and in this region. So turn off the TV, turn off your whatever you're, you're doing right now and just, just sort of dive in, you know? Dive in and, and just sort of listen to it, breathe it, taste it, whatever you can do, man. It's, it's, it's special out here in this southeast region of the United States. It, uh, I think it, I think it relies a lot on what we bring to the world, and if that's seafood, or if that's southern music, or if if that's a film that was made about Cajun culture, or if whatever it is, it's there's so many things that I enjoy and I want to tell you about, and you will continue to probably hear me talk in circles about Louisiana but that's just the way it is sometimes this place this place wraps you up and makes you a different person when you when you go somewhere else you know thank you hold the gravy <laughs>